Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. We have been friends for over 15 years, and every single week we call one another and we catch up. Yes, we do, Mike Lawson. Yes, we do. That is what we do every single week. For the first time, we took our first hiatus. Yeah, we took a little break, so welcome back, Joey. Welcome back to everybody listening. Yeah, and you know what? This is kind of a milestone, right? This is our fifth year anniversary. Today, right now. Yeah, guys, the day this came out right now, while you're listening, five years ago, exactly today, my pal Mike and Uh I started a little show called Catching Up with Mike and Joe. Mike, how's how's this five years been for you? (laughs) My, the best five years of my life, to be perfectly honest. But um, I, real quick, be, because I don't know when he's going to call, our friend John Arts is going to call in, and we're going to catch up with him as he reviews some of our older episodes. So just so you know, he could call in any minute here, but um, that's going to happen. And just uh, just some show business. Uh, we are going to be doing some kind of retro perspective sort of catching up with catching up listeners in the next few episodes instead of news stories so you'll hear a couple of these in the next few episodes right joey yeah i know people are gonna be really bummed that they're not gonna hear about uh, street parking in san francisco and a dead <laughs> homeless person in los angeles but um yeah. i feel our conversation with john arts will come close though yeah <laughs> you are right um but so we're at five years are we doing anything special other than those retrospectives we have new outro music that's going to yes. debut on this episode everyone stick um, around for the new outro music we have a friend named alex lefebvre did i mm-hmm. say his name right you sure LeFevre? did mike lawson um who is an insanely talented musician and he took uh the theme song for catching up and made a piano arrangement for it and another insanely talented friend of ours uh the anti-vera charles from the anti-vera speaks podcast um did the pleasure speaks for real for real yeah um did the uh did the uh kind of voiceover work for that for it and anti-vera is a, a professional voiceover artist and um, didn't charge us a nickel, um, which is very nice of her. She charged us a thousand nickels. Did you say her with Auntie Vera? Him? It's a man. He's a man. Mm-hmm. But Auntie Vera, I just want to say her. Yeah, she goes by either. Okay. So uh, stick around for that. Is that all the show business then? Can we actually catch up? I'm so curious to know what's been going on with you. I'm going to tell you something. Maybe I should admit this on this show. <laughs> I have such a boner for this Alex Lefebvre. Joe. He hits all the right notes. First of all, I love me. Seventeen. He's seventeen. <laughs> he's a ginger, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he's extremely talented. 
He's really talented, yeah. That yeah. is true. You, you know the story, because, you know, I was like, you know what? Alex Lefebvre plays the piano, you know? And I was like, I, I wonder if he would, you know, we'll get, we're going on hiatus. I'll give, that gives him like six weeks, you know, to to record the outro and do like a piano yeah. arrangement and sit there and sweat over it. And, and you know. It took, a, so I, you, the time it took, you sent me a text saying like, is it okay if I asked him? Because we're, you know, co-parenting of this podcast, so we get each other's permission on certain things. Mm-hmm. And I say, I want to say you asked me if he could do it, if that's okay with me. And then you sent me a rough cut of it, like, like Two hours hour. later, yeah. I, he goes, and I like, was like, that son of a bitch, Joe. He no, asked him no. days ago. He goes, he, Lefebvre says to me, he goes, uh, how much time do I have for this? You know, I'm really busy with the holidays. And I go... Listen, we're not back until the end of January. Take your time. And then an hour later, an hour later, there's like a goddamn, uh, uh, he arranged <laughs> it and played it. Yeah. And it's really great. Uh, so stick around for that. I, we're teasing it, but we're, uh, our kind of opinions of it and, you know, stories about it aren't going to be that important until people hear it. And then they'll, they'll remember these stories. If I lived on the East Coast, I would so be after this Alex Lefebvre. Yeah, that's the only thing keeping you from. Oh, so I, I have a, I have like a crush on him, Mike Lawson. I'm not lying, but I'm having a lot of crushes on listeners lately. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, I can't, I can't say right now because we can't. I, I have, I'm, I can see into the future, and I sort of feel like in the future, <laughs> I'm gonna have a crush on one of the listeners that we talk to. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> uh, Great. Well, Joey, the show business is done. Now, uh, get to it. I'm sick of all this. What's been going on with you? How are you? Um, well, how I was your how were your holidays? Joe, I have one half story, and you want me to go first? Oh, I can playing? go first. I'll tell you That's about my holidays. Turn everything else. This will turn this into like nothing but Joe. Look, you go first. <laughs> so we're at Christmas time, right? Yeah, we are. Well, not now, but you know, months ago, we were at Christmas time. Uh huh. And I think it was like a couple days before Christmas. It was like definitely the week of Christmas. And I was at my parents' house and I was sitting in a chair and I was, I remember I was on the phone. And if I want to say it was an important phone call, but in my world, that could be uh, an actual important phone call talking to the head of a nonprofit agency or it could be talking to Taylor the Latte Boy about RuPaul's Drag Race. So I don't know. In my world, I just remember thinking it was an important phone call. And as I'm hanging up the phone, my mom knocks. I'm actually in her bedroom, but she knocks on her bedroom door and she says, "Uh, are you off the phone? I didn't want to bother you during your phone call. And I said, yeah, I'm off the phone. And she goes and she comes in and she has her hand over her eye and she goes, what's the number to urgent care? (laughs) And I go, why? She goes, I want to make an appointment. And I go, what's going on? And Mike, she takes her she takes her hand off of her eye. There's blood streaming <gasps> over her face, coming like pouring out what of her happened? eye. And I go, Whoa, oh my god, what happened? Why? And my but meanwhile, you're hearing like, Hark the Herald Angels sing. <laughs> this isn't that song. I don't know Christmas songs, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like. 
And I'm like, and my dad's like hanging tinsel on the Christmas tree, and I go, Dad, what what is going on? My mom, and he's like, I don't know. Your mom was carrying uh, some vase or something, and it hit our eye. And I go, Mom, you need to go to the emergency room. Joey, you're so dramatic. I don't need to go to the emergency room. And I go, Mom, there is literally blood pouring out of your eye. And she's like. Right, and it's not like a cut, like a cut no. with blood. Okay, but like blood coming out of the eye is yeah. serious. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she's 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 like I'm telling she's telling me I'm dramatic. So I actually because it's Mike, there's blood coming out of her eye. I have to call the head of the family, my brother, <laughs> and the the sane one. I don't know about that, but he she <laughs> I call him. I go, listen, mom has blood coming out of her eye. And she won't go to the emergency room. So he talks to her. And, of course, as soon as my brother says, she goes, well, Michael thinks I should go to the emergency room. So we're going to go to the emergency room. Because Mike said it. Who wasn't there. Who didn't see the blood coming out of her eye. Because he said it. She's going to go to the emergency room. So she went to the emergency room. And then she came back. And she was like, the doctor said it was a good thing I went there. I just missed hitting the cornea. But she all she did was she just sort of scratched the outside of her eye just looked more dramatic than it was. But she had to take antibiotics yeah. for like 10 days. And her eye was like super red. Like like it was like a red eyeball. So all her Christmas pictures at Christmas are just like <laughs> her with a red eyeball. Wow. You know? Next time Mike comes over, she's like, thank you, Mike, for <laughs> suggesting <know>. the ER. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you know, do you know, do you know, that's so funny that you say that. Around that time, we were driving doing like Christmas like food shopping. She was having a, a, a party, uh, a white elephant party. Okay. And she wanted me to she wanted me to help her with the food because I'm good at cooking. So I, I went with her to go food shopping for that party. And as we were driving, she says, Oh, by the way, at church I was bragging about you at church. And I was like, Oh, what were you saying? She goes, Um, they were asking us about people. What how, how does she phrase it? I don't remember. Maybe it'll come to me. But she basically said, she goes, so I told, they were asking about, uh, do we need prayers for somebody? I'll just make that up, right? Okay. And I told them, I go, you know, my son had a business and it totally failed. And he kept trying to start a new business and it kept failing. He couldn't, he just fails at business. So he just figured since he's, he's not good at business, that he'll just help poor kids. And I go, first of all, that's that's not that's any not of story. that's true. That's yeah. not what undergrad industries didn't close because it failed. It was doing well. I had to actually wait an extra six months after I closed it to like finish out all my contracts. And sure. I I just didn't want to do it because I didn't want to teach Newport kids anymore. I still did it. Like it was so weird. But she goes, Well, what am I supposed to tell them, Joey? And I go, that I started a nonprofit. I don't know. That's the thing I don't get is maybe this is unique to my parents, but I sort of feel like anybody in my family, outside of my extended family, who's religious, this is the, the shocking part to me, Mike, and maybe as an atheist you can chime in on this. I feel that the most religious people in my family have the most trouble reconciling what I do now. Mm. Like I, you know, I've been raising money trying to get books and stuff like that. And I hit up an uncle who's super Christian, mm-hmm. and I went to his house to get his donation, and he goes, oh, so what are you doing now? What is this? And I go, I started a nonprofit. And he goes, why? 
And I was like, to help these poor kids. And he was like, and what do you get out of it? And I was like, I help poor kids? And I go, he goes, well, are you making any money? And I go, when you write this check. Right. But it was like. This is a complicated thought. And I do have um, things to say. But I want to first go back to like your mom's kind of comments. And um, when I, because I worked in nonprofit for quite a while. And I also think that your parents and my parents are very similar in many ways. Mm -hmm. And even like the way your mother speaks is actually kind of similar to my mom and the way she talks. Mm -hmm. And so if I could maybe help translate um, what I think maybe my mom was saying, if she said that she, I remember when I was working in nonprofit, especially in the very beginning, her not understanding what that meant. And she thought that meant then like basically everyone there is volunteering that we're just like, there to help people not understanding that like a nonprofit can raise money pay its people it's like a business they just there's just no one at the top that's taking in the profits like all those profits go back into helping you know get closer to meeting mission Mm -hmm. right so i think that was very difficult for my mom to understand and maybe that's part of what she's struggling to kind of tell people is like he's helping poor kids but like you're it's a job and you know what she you know, find helping her find the language saying like he runs a nonprofit, which I think is pretty impressive. And I think that sounds great where he founded a nonprofit, you know, like those are all great ways to say it. And it'll just take her a while to kind of get used to saying this new job. I think, I think you're being um, too nice. I'll tell you why. One, okay. cause my mom has often talked about this. My mom worked in one of the nursing homes she ran was in a nonprofit company, but I think they were crooked. Yeah. And I think that's all my mom knows. Were they mom, nuns? No, it wasn't the nuns. Oh. No, it was, this is before she worked with you. And oh. she goes, Joey, I work for a nonprofit. Here's what you do. Just pay yourself a really big, giant salary. And I was like, no, you, you can't do that. Like, yeah. no, that's not. Well, you could. But oh, it's no, like you public. could. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, um, and I think, and this goes speaks to my mom's personality. Maybe it speaks to her generation. I don't know what it is. And I think why she say that the business failed, I don't think my mom understands doing things altruistically. I think she understands my brother and what he does in that my brother started his own company, but my brother is a for-profit company. And my brother, right. I will that give him this. That provides a service. Right? Yeah, that provides a service. I will say my brother started this company and has been very successful at it. So she yeah. sees that my brother's making all this money and that makes sense to her. And I think as a parent, she worries about her kids. So she understands that. She doesn't understand why would I have this skill where I can make a lot of money at it and choose to use it in the nonprofit sector helping people. I don't think think we disagree. But what I'm saying is I think you need to provide her kind of that education. And the way you might do it is like, you know, my brother owns a company and they provide a service. People pay for that service. The company's successful. With a nonprofit, I provide a service. The person who gets that service can't pay for it. So we fundraise and we get to run a successful business. It's just a nonprofit. So we do it differently. Unfortunately, with my mom, I don't think I can be the one that instructs her. I think she'll be instructed by those around her. So when they say, Your brother. (laughs) No, my, my, well, yes, my brother or people at her church, if they go like, Oh, that's so, uh, you know, impressive what your son does, then all of a sudden she'll be proud of it. But like until that happens, I don't think she, I think she, see, I think she, which is, and that's going back to my religious thing is I don't understand 
my, my parents are Catholic, but that, my that uncle's Christian. I just feel, you know, I feel like the, the Bible is pretty clear, and yet yeah, they have trouble with that. I don't get it. Sure. So I yeah. feel like I'm being more Christ-like than anything, and she's like, she sees it as a, as a failure. And you know what? Going to the second half of what you were talking about, and I, I know we make jokes about a uh, uh, friend of the show, John Arts, kind of um, correcting us. On stuff, but he might have some really good insight for you on this about like the founders' sort of dilemma. Because at a normal nonprofit, you got your program people who are running the programs, and then you have your fundraising people, and those are very different personalities. But as a founder, you have to have both. So when I was running programs at a nonprofit, I wasn't begging my friends to give that give me money to pay for my paycheck because that's a weird conversation to have, right? where the kind of fundraising people they're they have figured out a way and this is not in my personality at all they figure out a way to like kind of sell the services without sort of you know begging for you to pay for my paycheck and that i don't know that's that's a challenge and i respect people that could do it um and i feel like you'll get there um and i feel like our friend john arts probably has some insight for you or, and and I, I know you're working with people, too. I Not to say that they don't have guidance on that as well. No, John Arts actually uh, very generously donated some books to oh, the program, actually. Yeah, it was very nice of him. Cool. Um, what else is going on with you, Mike Lawson? Nothing. Joey, we've been off so long that it's a weird thing with the brain. When we podcast regularly, I find myself regularly saying, there's a story for, you know, the podcast. There's something I could tell this week, like as it's happening. So then I start observing the situation maybe a little bit better. Um, and so that happens. So sometimes things happen and I don't, you know, really realize it's a podcast story until it's over. Uh, but since we haven't been podcasting, I've been not even observing my life in any way that would make me think that I have stories to share. I'm sure if I thought back, I might, but I did uh, want to tell you, I went to Phoenix for Christmas. Um, I was there like maybe five days, six days, something like that. It was actually a perfect amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to see my, so my nephew and his girlfriend drove to Phoenix uh, from Portland and they were there. So it was my nephew, his girlfriend, my sister, and then my mom and dad. So it was a nice kind of mellow Christmas um is it weird having like an adult nephew yeah it's actually really weird um it 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 it, what makes it a little bit better is he's still kind of like immature a little bit like Mm -hmm. goofy immature right so he still kind of acts childlike which is good uh he's not a super serious young kid um personality wise and he uh he was there um he's the he's basically the baby so we've stopped doing gifts we did no christmas presents this year uh second year of us doing it and god damn does it take the stress out of the holidays mm-hmm. we had such a normal visit we went to the zoo we went to this weird aquarium thing um we just had, we just kind of did whatever we wanted to do dinners um and it was perfect. Uh, the one there was one bad thing. I don't know if you saw on social media. Did you see that I slammed my finger in a door? Oh, that poor car. Was it a car? Yeah. Breaking news: car found floating in the San Francisco Bay. Where did this happen? 
Phoenix, but oh. it can happen. <laughs> um, you have to make it look believable. So I could yeah. have just, you know, brought it. No, I didn't but see I, this. So I slammed my finger. It was really awful when it first happened. Well, for like a couple of weeks, I thought for sure I was losing a fingernail. <gasps> like Ew. it's one of those like disgusting purple nail things happening. And does it's Steve getting still a sleep bit... with you? Well, yeah, I did have to. Um, well, I started painting it. So I painted it red for a little bit. And then I got like a nude, a flesh colored paint mm-hmm. so that people don't have to see it. Because it was so bad for a while. Like. Even, like, if I was eating, it would turn my stomach if I accidentally looked at it. Did it hurt? Yeah. <gasps> it's only now getting... I mean, it still is kind of painful. And this was... I did it on, like, Christmas Eve. Have so, you gone to see a doctor? No. I... No. It's just nails. So, it's, like, cosmetic, if anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's Do you not, think... And I mean, I'm not being funny. Do you think maybe your diabetes causes it to heal slower? Um, potentially, I don't, I mean, I haven't had any sort of nerve damage on my hands or feet, um, that would kind of make me think that I was getting crummy circulation, but, um, maybe I still grow hair on my toes. Was that a big sign? sign. Yeah. If you, well, if you have hair on your toes and it can, you continue to have it, that means that your circulation is good. Oh, good. But if your hair falls out, that means it's getting bad. But if you never had hair on your toes, that doesn't mean you have bad circulation. Uh, what else is going on with you? Any other cool news stories? Wait, so what, what's the status out? of your nail now? It's disgusting looking, but it's at least kind of better. Like it's, I think, going to just grow out. It's going to be ugly for a while, but. It's Can you imagine in a hundred episodes we're going to be talking to someone? They're going to say like, in episode two hundred one, uh, Mike talked about his purple nail, and we're going to be like, Mike had a purple nail. I need to get better at this like storytelling thing because my life is so boring. It just makes this podcast boring. Okay, no, I I'm feel you have a very. This, I, this is what I feel. I feel you have a very fascinating life, but you just choose to hide that. So I think you've gotten. I think you've gotten more private. What am I hiding though? A guy cut me off in traffic, or you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I really, I don't know. I don't know. You never talk about you and Steve. I feel like Steve never comes. Has Steve said, I don't want to be talked about in the show? No, never. In fact, quite the opposite. Um, there was like, I don't know. I told some, oh, you know what it was? I told a story about we went to like get a hamburger and he, didn't want to share a hamburger with me, and then he decided he was going to order. The oh yeah, yeah. I wanted and, yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. So he was like, "Oh, because he was behind for a while. Um, some changes at work made it like harder for him to listen to podcasts. Uh-huh. So he was like catching up with catching up, and he finally listened to that, and he was like, "Oh, I heard that episode." I was like, "Oh yeah," and he was like, "I I seem to remember that story differently, but it's your podcast." <laughs> How did he remember so, the story? I, he didn't tell me. He just said he remembered it differently. Oh, but he, he's, he's the type. He was like, well, it's your podcast, so it's your stories to tell. So, um, he, yeah, I don't think he – he's certainly never told me not to tell stories about him. Um, I mean, there might be stories, and I, I can't – honestly can't think of any, but there might be something where he was like, don't say that on the podcast. But Anyway, um, so What's up with you? Week? Yeah, yeah, let me tell you this. So <laughs> – 
A former student. Now, by the way, just when I say former student, you guys can't all assume that uh, former student means a 24-year-old. I've been doing this a very long time. I have former students that are, like, pushing 40, you know? maybe yeah. I have former students, I don't know any of them, who... I don't know anyone older than 30. I don't I have two former students who are probably like 41. And I started I started when I was yeah. 18, so I was teaching high school kids. I know? know someone who a former student of yours in her late 30s, Dara Landman. Who's Dara Landman? Former student of yours and you tutored her brother? This former student, and I won't give his age, but he's older. Okay. He calls me last week and he says, uh, hey, listen, my dad and I are going out in L.A. We want to know some good Mexican restaurants. So I name a few. and He wants something kind of nice. So I name Salazar. Salazar right now is Joe Batanza's current uh, sort of favorite restaurant. Okay. So uh, he goes, hey, do you want to join us? And I was just being That's demure. Very nice of him. Yeah, that was very nice of him. I was like, oh, I don't want to bother you. But then um, I have a. I don't know if I've ever brought him up on the show, but I have his cousin named Richard. He's a week younger than me and gay. And he mm-hmm. says, I have an extra ticket to this orchestra thing. Do you want to go? And I'm like, you know what? They were right next to each other. I could just pair it up. Go to dinner with this former student. Hang out with my cousin Richard. Boom, boom. Bing, bing. Done. End of story, right? Yeah. Two so, birds. Kill two birds with one stone. So uh, I'm driving up to this restaurant, and the kid... The former student, Josh. <laughs> the kid. I know. He's like literally like. <laughs> By the way, has so much more money than me. Like, yeah, I'm like this. He's a, he's a grandparent. Yeah, this silly kid. <laughs> yeah. He goes, uh, I'm, oh, I'm going to be a little bit late. My dad's already there. He's like, um, do you remember? Do you, do you know what my dad looks like? Oh, yeah. I, go, I remember what your dad looks like. I go, can, can you just tell me his name? Though? I don't remember his name. He goes, oh, it's Scott. I go, okay. okay. No problem. Totally remember the dad. I pull up to the restaurant. As I'm walking up, I hear Joe, and I go Scott, and I go, I go. I can't believe you recognize me after all these years. And he goes, Yeah, I can never forget a face, right? And we sit down, and uh, first of all, just to get this part of the start of the way, about two or three minutes into the conversation, he's like, I just don't know where Josh is. I can't believe he's so late. And we text him, and he's texting. And then I could see, you know, te- Josh is texting him back, and then Scott puts his phone down. Mm-hmm. Right with his text message window open, I'm like, there's the biggest giant fucking picture of me in the text <laughs> message window, <laughs> and it says, it says Joe. This is what he looks like. Yeah, his name is Joe, and this is what he looks like. And I was but like, oh. you you couldn't see. Did the dad ask for that, or you know, what if the dad was telling the truth? That's true. He didn't forget your face, That's and true. that was sent to him unprompted. By That's the, true. The That's a very words. good point, Lawson. Very good point. I don't know that. So anyway, so we're sitting there, and the dad's just like not bitter, but he's like, Ugh, the parking here is shitty. And I go, oh yeah, the parking's not very good. And they do do this weird thing where like they have a security guard staying outside the restaurant, and there are these cones. And Uber is not allowed to stop in front of the restaurant and drop people off. Yeah. He goes, why can't Uber just, they're just dropping someone off. Why can't Uber just drop some, God forbid Uber drop somebody off, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. And then a woman walks in with her dog, right? And he goes, Uh-oh. oh, it's not one of them service animals, is it? 
He goes, I love how you can't, Uber can't drop somebody off. This woman just <laughs> strolls on in with her dog, right? I'm like, oh, uh-huh. yeah. So then, and then his wife calls, Josh's mom calls, and he's like, oh, hey, honey. He's like, yeah, I got here. Okay. I know. It's super scary neighborhood. I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know. My car, someone's probably going to break into it. Like, just like talking shit on the neighborhood. He goes, I don't know about this okay. restaurant. Like, talking shit on the restaurant. And like just super bitter. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, Scott's bitter, right? Yeah. And then Josh comes strolling in. This is the weirdest thing. I've never seen anything like this. As soon as Scott strolls in, I'm sorry, as soon as Josh strolls in, Scott becomes super happy. Oh. And he's like, hey, Josh, how's it going, man? And Josh is like, hey. And he goes like, ah. And then the dog walking around, like, hey, doggy. And just like rubs the dog. He's like, like on the dog. And I'm like, who is this person? I, I have a theory. Oh, what is it? I think that Scott, it when he's kind of like nervous, and not that you made him nervous, but it was like an awkward social interaction mm-hmm. sitting at this table with man I barely know, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe his sort of go-to is like criticize. Like maybe he thought that he was almost being funny oh, when maybe. He, or charming. You know what I mean? When he was kind of doing that like, Oh, this shouldn't be that way. This shouldn't be that way. I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's kind of what he goes to. Maybe it's like uh, Josh said. Joe's a stand-up comedian. They they do all this observational humor. Yeah. What's the What's deal with, with the Uber? Oh, Joe. We oh, that both was remember the exact oh, that was... same joke. Really? I was going to say, "What's with these cones blocking the Uber?" Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, we're. Both it is weird. true though. What's the deal? Boring. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So then, so whatever, we have dinner. Uh, they order way too much food, but I have to leave. I have to go to this orchestra thing, right? And Richard and I go to the orchestra. Now, yes. when you go to the orchestra thing, is it just an orchestra playing and you just sit and watch? Yes. Yeah, so it was actually in this really cool space in the arts district in LA. Like, a, like what you would imagine, like a hipster like space to look like with exposed brick you know and yeah. just like a, an old building right and it's like a little mini like chamber orchestra kind of thing it's probably like more than a chamber orchestra it's probably about 20 pieces or something like that but it's just strings it's only strings okay and jo- i go what is this and he goes well richard met this guy that he's trying to impress and he's a straight guy but he he conducts and he's a composer and he's going to be conducting the orchestra and he says oh they're just playing music from these different composers and he's like the first half is a tribute to philip glass right mm-hmm. so we listen and actually i will say the first half was pretty cool you know it was good stuff like i didn't i never really heard philip glass before but um it was really good. I liked it, right? And we thought the show was over. And it turned out it was an intermission. So Richard's like, oh, well, let's just stay through the intermission. And we talked to the Richard's friend is walking around. He goes like, oh, yeah, you guys should totally stay. We brought in this woman from Germany. She wrote this piece. And she's going to be playing the theremin. And I got super excited. because I've never actually seen the theremin performed in real life. Do you know what a theremin is, Mike? Nope. Yeah, Richard didn't know what one it was either. It's like this weird instrument and it's it looks like basically like a wooden box and it has almost like a metal like bar rod that comes out over the top it looks <clears throat> almost like a big antenna 
Uh-huh. And it makes this like electromagnetic field in like an immediate area around the box. And when you move your hand, the way you move your hand and where you place your hand oh, uh-huh. makes certain sounds. Like sure. when you're like you've heard it, they use it a lot in like old 50s sci-fi movies. Yeah. The song Good even- Vibe. Go ahead. I can even picture somebody like playing one. I've seen yeah, that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never knew what it was called, but yeah. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I've never seen that. Yeah, I'm excited, right? So we sit and the, and the woman comes out and she tells the story of the piece she's writing about a dragon and it was in a cave and somebody wakes it up or I don't know what, some story, right? They start playing. Mike Lawson. This was the biggest fucking joke of a show I've ever seen in my entire life. She was moving her hand like a crazy person. First of all, she was making like weird noises with it. Like usually the theremin sounds like, yeah. you know, like that, right? That's why they use in those yeah. old sci-fi scary movies. She was doing it in such a way that it all like, like almost like you're like when you get like um, feedback on a microphone. <laughs> But she was doing Do you think it on she purpose. knew what she was doing? No, she did. And she was like, oh, she had her eyes closed and she was doing it. But then at a certain point, there's a part where she was like, and now this is where the dragon wakes up. And she was, and if you go to my Instagram, you can see her doing this. She was making, she was moving her hand through the therapy and making the noises, but moving her hand like it was the dragon. Okay. Like, it was the most ridiculous thing. Richard. Now, this, real quick, this instrument. Yeah. Is it how precise is it? So like if there's a recording of what she did that night, could she replicate it? Like was she following music or That's a, she was not, do, but it's a you understand very my question? Yeah, I understand your question. That's a very good question cuz she actually addressed that before and she said talked about how it actually is very precise and she actually demonstrated how she could hit like very precise notes with the way she moved her fingers and her hand. So she was doing it. She was like literally moving her hand going like like that she was demonstrating it before uh-huh. the sh- so she was able to do it she knew what she was doing yeah okay so um it was just a piece of shit that's what it was so it was just crazy <laughs> it was creep it was weird it wasn't good Flown in from germany yeah and that's the thing too is in these hipster neighborhoods you just gotta throw a fucking rock and someone knows how to play the theremin you know yeah so <laughs> And so, Richard, it was so dumb and so weird, Richard had got the church giggles, and so he had to turn his head away, because if he was (laughs) afraid to look at me or look at her. Yeah. So, throughout the whole thing, and Mike, this show went on for, her portion was 54 minutes. Wow. Of her going like, (laughs) oh my God, it was the dumbest, we were so happy to get out of there. We were so happy to get out of there. So that was my night with Richard. Were you not situated in a way that you could just leave? No, the place was packed, and we were in the back, far end of the corner, away from the door. It would have made, like, the place was small enough that if anyone left, everyone would have turned and looked at you and known you left. Right. You could have left during intermission. No one would have known. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once you were in it, you were in it. I feel like perhaps it would have only taken one, though. So one person leaves, and then five more are like, so oh, it's, we can't That leave? was something Richard and I noticed, is that we looked around, and everybody else seemed to be super into it. They were there for that instrument and that woman particularly. Maybe. Maybe, maybe they're big fans of this crazy German lady who uh, plays instrument. 
What else is going on with you? Any uh, telenovelas you want to tell me about? <laughs> it's funny that you say that, Mike Lawson. So, um, you know, I, I spent a lot of our hiatus in uh, Malibu on the ocean at the extra okay, home. Hey, Joe. We get it. We get it, Joe. At the extra home of uh, Chris and Mercedes. Yeah. You know? Oh my god, I just realized all these different stories from that too. Um, when they came back from Argentina. I gotta write that on my on the notes for next time. So, um and for that was a week or so right after the New Year's right after the New Year, where Mercedes and Chris, their kids were with her parents. So they were like single and fancy free. They were childless, cool. right? Yeah. And so for a lot of those nights, I would just go over and we'd have dinner and we'd have drinks. And we'd watch a couple of movies on his screeners, on Chris's screeners, you know. I, that's how I, I literally saw all the Oscar movies in that week. Okay. And I, I feel like, so one thing I haven't shared with you, and it was something that was happening a lot, especially in, I would say starting in late October up and through the, the holidays, where like, well, I should tell you, Cam, I think about Cameron every day, right? Okay. Yeah. But, but, they were getting really intense thoughts. Like, really, really, really missing him. Like, just a deep... I think... I, I'll tell you what I think it is. Is this Fakakta Call Me By Your Fucking Name movie that everyone who sees it has to call me and say, have you seen Call Me By Your Name? And I have to go through the whole speech about how, like, I'm avoiding that movie. Actually, I shouldn't say I've seen all the Oscar movies. I've seen all of them except Call Me By Your Name. Okay, and I say, look, I'm not going to watch a movie about a younger guy who gets in a relationship with an older man and has like this super intense, deep relationship with him. You know, sure. And I'm just not ready for that. I'd say, but my it got to like Fair. weird levels where like I was having a conversation with someone at a party, and she was like, "We're talking about like the we're talking about gay politics," and she said. Oh, you must meet my friend. He would so agree with you. He's had the same problem. He's the executive producer. Call me by your name. And I was like, no, I can't with this movie. I can't. It's just haunting me, right? This fucking movie. But I think because of that, it's been on my mind. Just like I would literally, even through the holidays, every night I'd wake up in a cold sweat because I would just have dreamt of Cameron. Like I, in the dream, I would have bumped into him at a cafeteria or, um, if you, if you want to like throw that blame on the movie, that's cool. But mm -hmm. like you have to, I mean, I mean, I'm not going to force you to agree, but like there has to be a connection or there has to be a reason for this movie connecting to all of that. Like if you are, if you were like completely healed and good to go, this movie might remind you of, but not put you into cold sweats at night, Joe. Like, no, I think, but I think what it was was constantly having to the talk about. fault. No, I, I think having to constantly talk about it was the movie was everywhere. And it was just always on my mind. I think. I, look, I told you even before that. I, I think about him every single fucking day. Yeah. Okay. I just think it intensified it. So I it was to the point where I was telling Sweet Michael, like, I really want to call him. Like, I want to talk to him. I miss him. And Michael was like, No, don't do it. Like, yeah, right? Good. Yeah. And so one day I got like kind of drunk and I told Michael, I'm going to do it. He's like, don't do it. Don't no. do it. Right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll sleep it off. 
All right. Always sleep it off. Yeah. So the next day, I went over to Chris's Mercedes, and Chris uh, fashions himself. And I will say, I'll give him this. He's right. Like a cocktail maker expert. Like a, what do they call it? Like a a mixologist. Sure. And he makes a fucking great ass cocktail. And he makes this one that I love called Corpse Reviver Number Two. And I will say, it was Cameron's favorite cocktail. Okay. Okay. And one night he thought he just kept giving me Corpse Reviver Number Two multiple times. This is the next day after sleeping it off. And I got I got crazy drunk. Okay. And stumbled back to the extra house. And went to bed. Eventually. The most responsible thing and just tucked myself in and slept it off again. Nope. What I did was I um, went to my cell phone and I... Um, and so anyway, so then I called him oh, and he uh, he like answered, but he was like, he didn't even say hello. He was like, hey, uh, can I call you back after work? I only have a few tables left. Corpse Reviver number two. <laughs> Corpse Reviver number two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can call me back. How long? Uh, a couple hours. Hey, before I hang up, I want to tell you something. I realized something. Yeah. When we broke up, I didn't just lose my boyfriend. I lost my best friend. You were my best friend. You, you were mine too. I'll, I'll call you back, I promise. You just hung up. Well, I said I said you'd call me in two couple hours. And does he call you? Well, Mike, you're gonna then have to what? wait for the next episode, <laughs> Joe, of catching oh my up. God, <sighs> I don't like where this is headed. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hello. Oh, hi. How are you? Good. Hi, everyone. This is John Arts. Wait, is that what we're calling you, John Arts? Yeah, we're gonna call him John. We're not gonna give him his real name. His like, his like, uh, <laughs> his secret identity name. Well, his right, name so is John. Is my first name. Yeah, everybody. This is John. Hey, John. I feel like I'm in group nice therapy. Nice to meet you all. We didn't but- really script this out or anything. We just um, John actually volunteered. You guys might remember uh, a few episodes ago. We asked for a couple volunteers, and John was one of them. He volunteered to listen to some of our episodes. Um, we just replayed our recap for episodes one through one hundred. Um, and so we thought, uh, since we're at episode two hundred, we would recap uh, the the next few episodes. And John volunteered to do that for us. Did I miss anything, Joe? Well, the only thing we should add is when we did the re- the the we we kind of lied when we did the um 
the clip show for 1 to 100 because we decided arbitrarily just not to do anything past like 75 because it was too recent. <laughs> so we actually had the weeds, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we, so we had we wanted to make everything correct this time. So we we've, we've corrected we had we had John listen to episode 75 through 100. 76 through 100. Oh, 76 no. through 100. And um, John's very one. Of, we always reference John Arts on the show because whenever, like specifically, Mike makes a mistake, we know John's immediately <laughs> typing. To that's us. not. That's not exactly true. He's very polite about it. If he if he is like that, but jo, Joe's just exaggerating, right? John, he's exaggerating a bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the point is, so now we, we, we have John, we, he listened to episodes 76 through 100, but you know what? One of the things I want to talk about is like the history of John and this show. John, have you listened? No, you have. I think John, okay, here's the other great thing about our show. John is a big fan. He volunteers. He's always there for us. He responds to us. He, he likes our show a lot. Never misses a week, right? Right. The very first review of this show on iTunes is from John Arts. And he is gave it like, really? Like three stars. He's <laughs> everything is five stars. I couldn't, I couldn't I couldn't give you five because I've only heard one episode. And by the way, I'm very pissed off. Yeah. Because oh. I gave you the first review and then when you were selecting people to uh, you know, you're doing the the bag toss for people that you were going to connect oh, yeah. with. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was the very first one. I never fucking got selected. A lot of people didn't get selected. Uh, why? why? <laughs> so I thought it was fixed. No, 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 no. No, trust me. If you listen to some of the ones we had to do, uh, <laughs> they were not fixed. But Don't why anyone would... Mike, any of them, the ones that went badly do not listen anymore. Like the guy... Remember the, we <laughs> There's only one that went badly. We talk about it all the time. It was a guy. He was like, I guess I won something. And then when he found out it was a phone call with us, he he hung up on us. He was like, all right, got to go. Yeah. We've told this story so many times, though. He could not have gotten off the phone faster. It was like we won a contest to talk to him. And here I was ready to blow smoke up your you know what's. Well, we, but, but both of us have met you individually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait. I don't even remember together. the first time I met you, How m- John. We even went to Hamburger Mary's with him together. No, 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 no. Our first face-to-face was in Oakland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did we go? We we went to Berkeley. Yes, and a Hamburger Had a there. burger. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I met Steve. Yes. Oh, wait. So John's even met Steve? Yeah. Steve and I were f- pretty new at that time. That's right. Yeah. So oh yeah, because wraps. wait, wait, hold on. I think I think I saw this in the notes. This is sort of meta, but John, you're going to cover your own meeting with Mike Lawson, correct? I don't oh, it's one of the episodes that you listened to. Oh, interesting, oh, yeah, yeah. interesting. This yeah, is yeah, like yeah. And, and Mike's remembrance uh, slightly different than mine, but not a big deal. I hope that there's not an echo when we do it. It's so meta. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for laughing, John. <laughs> Wait, because I if you didn't laugh, bit. I probably would be edited out. <laughs> no, 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 no. Joe's like, <laughs> do I ever edit your jokes out? No, I don't think you even listen to me talking when you edit. <laughs> no, I, I do listen, but I'm usually like playing like uh, Doodle Jump or Fidget Spinner or something. Yeah, no. But uh, by the way, I do that when I'm listening to me too. I'm like always so bummed when I have to listen to our show back because I usually I listen like right afterwards, and I was like, ugh, I just heard this. <laughs> ugh, it was just there. Anyway. 
So I think is John still here? Oh no, John's gone. Well, he'll hit the link. He'll come back. Well, his connection is so bad. Twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> we have been talking ourselves, Mike. I wouldn't have known until you said it. I little, I legitimately wouldn't have known. I was just yapping away, just totally happy, just like. <laughs> I feel like catching up with catching up was like this too. <laughs> it was where it would be like just me talking the whole time. In my back, was. yeah, you're back. back. Yes, there you, you are. Hey, <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, <laughs> Yo, you missed it, John. Oh, you, you missed it, John. <laughs> um, so where were where were we? <clears throat> well, Joe, we you were talking about you, me meeting you for the first time. Yes, <clears throat> which you had a story about that. Because I had an incorrect phone number, your Google number, which apparently you were not using anymore. Oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes. I know all this, and that, and I told that story on the show too, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slightly what? different than I remember it, but that's okay. It still worked. <laughs> oh, what that? What kind of episode number was that? That was. Do you remember? Uh, I don't Maybe remember. Like I made a note about 80. it. Yeah, an eighty, which is one of the ones that you're covering. Joe, how should we go through these? Should we just? Well, wanna I, I, just I, want, of... I want to talk about when I met John Arts. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. We go went to go that. see Into the Woods, right? Right, right. And you talked I got about a... that on the show too. We did talk about it on the show. Invita- go ahead. I got an invitation from the Wall Street Journal. I'm a subscriber. Uh-huh. And there was a preview of Into the Woods in L.A. And I reached out to Joe. And my wife had no interest in seeing it, and yeah. I reached out to Joe and said, "Do you want to join me?" And as it turned out, I got there earlier and stood in line. So Joe got all the benefit of, of me being there early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think I was like time. late or something like that too. And then, and, or like it was like literally like the line was moving as soon as I walked up. Like yes, I, like, yes, that's right. Like I didn't even wait in line. I, yeah. I'm texting you. I'm in line. They're opening up and you're just parking. Yeah. Somehow I made it. Now let me tell you this. <laughs> I remember too, like I was like, like in the process of losing weight and I was like bragging like, I walked 11,000 steps today. And he was like, oh, let me see me. <laughs> 26,000 steps. Like some like astronomical number. Like, like I'm like, oh. He's like, oh, I and we didn't, And we didn't get the free popcorn because you weren't allowed that. So. Oh, that's right. Like I was like, oh, I can't eat popcorn. Which I, and by the way, I love the pop. It was at the Landmark in LA. That's my favorite popcorn. I love movie theater popcorn. Oh, but so the Landmark the- and the Arclight make the best popcorn. That's the only time I'd been to the landmark. I did not get to taste the popcorn because Joe you could have it. You wow. could have had the popcorn. <laughs> I could have, but I didn't want to. No, it's not like I would like salivating. Like I know what popcorn <laughs> tastes like. Okay, so let's actually talk about the episode. All right, because Mike and I okay. really we're, we're really trying to keep this. I, look, John, it's not that we don't want to talk to you. It's like. Mike was Episode making a joke. Focused. Yeah, well, no, Mike was making a joke. I think it's accurate. That would be like, all right, it's been forty-five minutes. Let's talk about the f-. and you're like, oh god, no. <laughs> yeah. So okay. oh, it's only oh, it's only been ten. So. <laughs> I yeah. well, no, but no, trust me, trust me, trust me. We'll still have to watch the time. Now, let me ask you this question. Before yes. we even get into episode by episode thing or anything like that, <laughs> uh, what was your general take of the twenty-five episodes you listened to? What was just a general? What did you get from it? Just in general. I think I think Mike laughed more than he does now. Oh wow, wow, that's interesting. No, I've noticed. 
Do you disagree? That's interesting. I, I don't know. I have, I've, I will. I haven't listened to these episodes in quite a while, so you're gonna probably be reminding me of a lot of things. Um, yeah. But I, I might have to go back and listen and see if that's true. That's. I wonder if that's you know a sign of something. I thought that was just my gut feeling mm-hmm. in listening to them. Very interesting. Okay, I like this. Where this is going? And the other general impressions <laughs> that you were like, you're like, oh, this stuck out to me too. I. I, I as you know, I highlighted in my oh, yeah. review of each of the shows. Everyone should know John did such thorough notes. Joe, I highlight, highlighted more of your stories than Mike's stories. I don't know if that's great. Oh. About so you. far, John, you are doing Sorry, a Mike. bang up job. No, it's okay. You just know who has the bigger ego that has to be stroked. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Just John Ards. He's my favorite listener. He is so smart. And he so understands the show and everything like that. Now, was there any, like, you know, here's an interesting question. Again, before we go episode by episode of Favorite Moments, is was there anything that came up for you in those 25 episodes that, we, you know, would be interesting to be like, like, let's say, for instance, I said, uh, sure hope Jose and I are friends forever or something like that, where you're like, <laughs> oh, we know, we know how this turns out. You know, anything like yes. that? He's not mentioned anymore. A consistent theme, of course, is Cousin Richard. Oh, of course, yeah. Should invite him to do anything with you. <laughs> Which Mike never did. For those of you who are new to the show, he's always tell Mike, please remind me next time not to hang out with my my cousin Richard. And he would never remind me. And and again, any other general thoughts before we go into like a, ep- a specific episode question? It's not necessarily a note about the shows in general, but it's just, just about my observation of Mike and Joe much like my wife in this regard and i think it has to do with your liberal tendencies oh that's right we didn't get into that too yeah go ahead. well well wait. let me say uh-huh. when you something that's politically oriented you yeah. always say i feel uh-huh and this and this i don't give a shit how you feel i want to know what you think wow so <laughs> I want to know, Mike, and it was about, uh, the first episode I listened to was about selfies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joe was kind of saying that it's the woman's fault if she takes a nude selfie, she should be aware that if she uploads that somewhere, it's going to be hacked. Sure. And your thoughts, Mike, were, I feel that that's unfair, it's whatever, whatever, whatever. And liberals feel they don't think. And if you, in my view, if you think about the situation, Joe is totally right. Thank you. If you take a self, <laughs> if you post a selfie online somewhere, that's not to say you share the selfie peer to peer, but if you post it online, it's accessible by someone you may not want to have that nude. So that's on you. It's not on, on the person that takes your selfie. Mike, do you want to? That's a very good point, John Arts. Mike, do do, do you want to address this? Do you want to address what John said? I think, I think. <laughs> thank you, I, thank you. I understand what you guys are saying, yeah. but I feel that I don't want to. I didn't think we were just going to rehash old arguments. Like, <laughs> I'm a, I'm okay skipping that part. All right. Now, don't you think, John, that there is when you send a nude selfie that there's a perceived. Uh, level of like, there's no perception. Like, if you send it, you have to you have to operate under the assumption that 
this person, no matter what the, stolen. yeah, no, no matter what the person's intentions are, it could be stolen. Someone could find it. He can get mad at you. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we're talking about like a three-year-old story, but I believe that there was no sending of a selfie. It was just that it was in ice that was connected to the cloud. That was it was hacked. hacked. It was hacked. So there's, I mean, that I don't, I don't want to sit here and argue three-year-old stories. <laughs> I'm not, but I, I, I'm I not think, cocktails and cream puffs. <laughs> <laughs> I think for those people that peruse XTube or any of those things, yeah. you'll see a lot of amateur videos that were probably not intended to be uploaded by the. Sure, that's true. But but they're there. Yes. My favorite videos, by the way. I love amateur <laughs> porn. I'm a big fan of amateur porn. Okay, uh, the next episode with um, Musée Mécanique. Uh, and uh, yeah, tell me, tell me what you thought about that episode. That was episode seventy-seven. What were some of the highlights for you for that episode? What would listeners want to check out on that one? Well, it had nothing to do with the museum <laughs> mechanic. Yeah. Sorry, Mike, but it was Fine. about the, the the fact that your uh, Joe's birthday plans for Mercedes were totally screwed. Oh yeah, look, look, look. That's a good one. So my friend Mercedes in the spring had a birthday. You know, and I gave everyone. Oh, she and my friend Michael have this exact same birthday. So we had a, when we had their when we celebrated their birthday, I gave them the exact same thing: uh, a jar of homemade granola, like a really big jar, right? And then they each got a separate gift. But Mercedes' gift was a little unique because um, she's always wanted to go on one of those Starline tours. You know, Starline tour. You know, like uh, you see them all over LA, where they like show you like where the movie stars live. Oh, like an open double decker bus. Yes, thing? yes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. she always wanted to do the one for Malibu. She thought that would be really funny, right? Mm-hmm. So I told her, I'll pick a day, and you and I will go on the Starline tour. Okay. This was in the spring, but then I feel like this is the beginning of like an I Love Lucy episode. I know. Yeah, I know. Seriously, where Lucy and Ethel do that, yeah. and then I'm like, "Oh my god, look at this! I'm in Sally Field's backyard." You or know? no, then there's like Ricky Ricardo's there, and you're like, "Thing," and she's like, "No, really, my husband works here." Oh so yeah, yeah. Like, no, yeah. come on, lady, you're going. You're, to jail. you're going to jail. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, okay. So then you know, spring happened, and they were getting ready to leave for the summer, and it just didn't happen before they left. Okay. And then they've been gone the entire. They, they just got back from all their adventures, their summer adventures, and so I was staying in Malibu uh, for the week, and I said, "Hey, look, listen, I am going to take you on this Starline tour," and she goes, "Yay!" And then, like the, the night before, we were trying to figure out the time I was going to buy the tickets, and she goes, "Honestly, <laughs> I don't really want to do this." Like I did. But she goes, now that I've seen it's two hours long and like they had, cause they had the list of celebrities and it's like the most random old time elite celebrities, like James Garner. And you're like, he died. I know. But like, see exactly. See James Garner's house and you know, see, um, Lola Falana's house, like these random old timey celebrities. Like what? I don't, why don't I want to see that? See where Johnny Carson lives. Right. And so, um, she goes, I don't want to do it. I go, okay, you know what, then? Tomorrow, I'm going to take you to a nice lunch wherever you want to go. Okay. She says, great. So the next day, we're texting back and forth. And then she goes, um, 
where do you want to go to lunch? I go, hey, look, it's your birthday, wherever you want to go to lunch. And then I don't hear anything for the longest time. And then she writes back, uh, Chris wants to go too, so we're taking you to lunch, to Nobu. And so they took me to lunch to this super expensive restaurant. For her birthday? For her birthday. <laughs> after, cool. the, after the dinner, the check came and Chris took it. I was like, best birthday I've ever gotten? Oh, no, wait, what did I say? I can't remember how I said it, but I was like, happy birthday, Mercedes. <laughs> Couldn't think of a better birthday gift for you than to take me to lunch. But that was my, that's, that was how I celebrated her birthday. Took her, she took me to lunch. Now, um, going on to episode 80 here. Uh, if you call it Joe's boring week, did I call it my boring week? Yes, you said you had a boring week. Uh, and that's when I, that's when I met Mike face to face for the first time. Oh yeah. What else is going on? Well, friend of the show, John Arts. Uh, you know him. Yep. Um, people might remember John Arts from such episodes as helping Joe find a long-lost friend, which was like super oh, early when we started recording this. That's John Arts. Oh, yeah. He's really yeah. nice. I like him. So he was in uh, San Francisco visiting, and we had agreed to do lunch on Sunday of this past weekend. Um, and we even went as far as like planning out the time, and he was going to stop by my house, and then we would go um, from my house to someplace. And... Um, this was a couple weeks ago that we made solid plans, but they were certainly solid plans. So the week leading up to the lunch, I didn't hear from him, but I am just been overwhelmed with work, like totally underwater. We had solid plans. We had a time, we had a place and the place was my house. So I wasn't like, <laughs> super. wait, we made solid plans. I got reservations at this great place called my house. No, we were going to eat somewhere else, but oh. we were meeting at my house. So okay. I wasn't like super nervous, like, where should where should I meet you? Give me the exact address. You know what I mean? I wasn't anal. I was very relaxed. I wasn't my normal self. Did you do poppers? Was, Is that why you were so relaxed? <laughs> yeah. I drank them. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a work event on Sunday morning, and I, wa- I get home from the work event at about noon, and our plans were to meet at my house at one. So... I get home about noon, maybe a little bit after that, and John is standing outside of my house. And he's like, oh, I just text you. But I didn't get it, and whatever. So we go to lunch at this burger place in Berkeley. So we're sitting there at lunch, and I had this delicious jalapeno burger with an egg on top of it. And um, he got a text message while we're sitting at the restaurant. And he looks down, and he says, oh, you just texted me back. And I was like, no, I didn't. And then I realized, Joe, he's been texting the wrong number. (gasps) So he shows me this text conversation. I'm using air quotes around the word conversation because he he didn't have the conversation with me. But it's a conversation he's had all week. So his text last week said something like, are we still on for lunch this Sunday? And then the imposter that owns the number he was texting texts back and said, yes, as long as you're paying. And I felt, oh, wow. I, I felt so embarrassed that John would think that I would text such a thing to him. Yeah, I'll eat lunch with you as long as you buy. That's, I could see doing that, but then you immediately tell the person, like, oh, hey, I was kidding. LOL. Uh, uh, yeah, we had the wrong smiley number. Smiley face, winkly face. Oh, um, you mean like if you, like, played back? Yeah, like one time. like. So they did it for a whole week. This person did it for a whole week. Back mm-hmm. and forth, back and forth. At one point... The fake Mike Lawson said something like, 
um hey just so you know uh my girlfriend's gonna be here is it okay if she comes with us and john is like girlfriend okay thinking maybe i meant like a friend that's a girl oh and so the guy starts a podcast yeah (laughs) just to go through with this to get a free lunch yeah (laughs) so anyway we're sitting there at lunch we realized that we hadn't been um texting one another this whole time and that's why he was silent all week um so moving on episode 85 (laughs) joey what do you want to say i just looked at the dramatic week that so the episode he's talking about is uh john highlighted was i remember i was at christmas mercedes house and it was like i'd gotten there like anyone from la knows so on thursday i'm on my way to malibu to have dinner with chris and mercedes okay um chris and mercedes eat er- dinner really early so like to get to their house on any given day for dinner is like you have to deal with a- an enormous amount of traffic okay so i already been sitting in traffic for like an hour and a half right like rush hour traffic it's horrible hour and a half sitting in traffic by the way i can see on the other side of the freeway that going the other way the opposite direction the traffic's even worse right <laughs> yeah but it'll be gone by the time you're done yeah 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 when yeah when, by, by the time i'm done it's always completely empty so i'm i'm and i'm almost to chris and mercedes house i'm on pacific coast highway i've I'm, i've battled through a major part of it so um I'm sitting in traffic on Pacific Coast Highway, and I get a phone call from my sister-in-law, and she's like, um, everything's fine. <laughs> uh-huh. Your mom got rear-ended, but she's fine. Uh-huh. Um, your brother is on his way, and I just wanted to know, um, we're having trouble getting a hold of your dad. What's the best cell phone to use? I'm like, okay, okay um, try this cell phone. And she's like, okay, great. Don't worry about it. See you. Have fun. I was like, Okay. I'm driving. I'm like, of course, my mom gets rear-ended. This is so Betty Batance, you know? Yeah. Bring. And I'm like, Ugh. I need to change this ringtone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. what's this old-timey tongue-trilling ringtone I have? Uh-huh. Hi, it's your sister-in-law. Um, okay, I got a hold of your dad. He's on his way. Mike is still on his way. There's really bad traffic. Um, I spoke to... The guy, because your mom's really upset. I spoke to the guy that hit her. And uh, I tried telling him, you know, because your mom said she wants the police to come. Mm-hmm. And I told him I'm going to call the police. And he was saying, um, I really don't think there's a need for the police to come. And I really insisted. I thought that was really sketchy that this guy didn't want the police to come. Because if there's no problem, why wouldn't he want the police there, you know? Yeah. And she goes, so I got into it with him. He was really nice, but I just insisted that I call the police. So I've called the police. They're on their way. And your dad is almost there. And your brother's on his way. And he's bad traffic. And I was like, okay, drama building by the minute, right? Well, there's nothing you could do at this point. I, I thought about that. And pretty much if I just turned around right then... It would take me about three hours to get <laughs> right. to their house, right? Right. Bring. Hi, Joey. It's your sister-in-law. Um, listen, your dad is there. Your brother is still in really bad traffic. 
Um, but your mom is saying that her chest hurts and she can't talk. So the police are insisting that they call the paramedics and take her to the hospital. Okay. Right? And I was like, ugh. It sounds like it's getting worse. It's getting really bad here. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, so now I start to get a little panicky, right? Yeah. But now I'm pretty much at Chris and Mercedes' house. So I get to Chris and Mercedes' house, and uh, I walk in there, like, hey, Joe. And I'm like, listen, I fix someone fix me a drink. Yeah. Right? I need a drink. And I tell them the story, and they're like, oh, my God. And they're like, sit down. And then everyone's, like, super worried. We're all on pins and needles trying to make the best of it. Because all, all I'm getting are just updates from my sister-in-law, right? Right. And from what I know, there's been a car accident. I don't, I don't know which, to what degree. Nobody knows. And my mom now is complaining of chest pains, and she can't talk. Yeah, try to enjoy that meal. Yeah, paramedics on their way, right? So everyone's just like kind of, yeah, it's kind of brought the dinner down, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh When I pick up the phone, though, I can tell the mood has completely changed, right? And my sister-in-law, who's been with my brother for half my life, Uh is like, "Uh, your brother got there. She goes, everything's fine. She's like... First of all, the paramedics were like, uh, there's nothing wrong with you. Your mom is fine. She's completely talking. And your brother said there's like no damage to the car. <sighs> and I was like, what? And she goes, your mom is just so dramatic. Like, I could just see my mom was just like, I, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And that's why I feel, that's why the guy was probably like, um, you don't really need the police involved. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no damage. Yeah. Visible damage to the car. Uh, um, we're now uh, at episode 90. Yes. Part one of two. Mariah Carey is crazy. Now, I want to interject <laughs> before I even to the favorite story. This is my favorite. This is when Adam Burns, uh, formerly of Dubious Intent, co-hosted with me. And yes. I love the episode so much I broke it up into two parts. I remember. Oh, yeah. And this was so long. Yeah. At the time... Adam, Bur- I think this is not the case anymore, but Adam Burns, you couldn't insult Mariah Carey or he would like get really, 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 really angry. So I think I intentionally yeah. started saying horrible things about her, about what a fat pig she was. And Joe. no, I'm just saying, I was just doing to get Adam Burns mad. Did he get angry, John? He did. And I was surprised <laughs> because he's a professional musician. Yeah. So yeah. why would he be, how, why would he be uh, defending <laughs> A professional singer who who did so poorly. Yeah, he I, I w- he has explained it on his own show. He knows that it's kind of this crazy thing about himself. Like he knows that it's kind of irrational yeah. how much he like takes it. Person- <laughs> yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so it was, do, two, it was in two. It was in two parts. Do her, it, he he didn't do her job, and yeah. he's defending that. I, I don't get that. So that episode was in two parts, and I remember in the second part, um, Adam finally said, bury the lead, bury he was the in lead. a plane crash. He yeah. casually mentioned, I think we were wrapping up the show. Yeah, it, you, it was it, like it, after the goodbye. <laughs> it was very casual, and I remembered that plane crash. Oh, really? As a nas- yes, as a national news story. Hell yes, that was a big deal, and he was, he was just so, by the way... Wow! Yeah, I remember I, he was like, I got some money. For- yeah, and then he's mad because the girl who got her face burned off got like more money. Yes, <laughs> I. It was so she had a lawyer. He did. That's that's what happened there. And the person Guaranteed. who was sitting next to him died. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was not good. 
And, yeah. But and so I'm assuming that the trauma was so great that that's how he handles it. That he sure. And I treated him very well. So I treated I, I, him kind. Exactly. And I wonder, you know, was he just with me for my money the whole time that we knew each other? Oh yeah, that big Arkansas money. But no, I. I was in a plane crash and I got a big settlement. Wait, so I had I had money. What? Wait, 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 wait. What plane crash were you in? I was in in night in June of 1999. I believe it was June 1st. um, A flight from Dallas to Little Rock um, crashed. Well, we landed, but they couldn't stop the plane. And the plane, like, flew off the end of the runway and down this embankment and almost went into the Arkansas River. But we hit this big, huge metal structure that holds the lights. And the mm-hmm. um, the plane looks like a zigzag. It broke up in, like, two or three different places. And I had to actually get out of the plane by climbing out through a crack in the fuselage um, next to where my seat was. And, like, 11 people died. And Oh, my crazy. gosh. Did you know any of the people that died? Yeah. Um, I was on a choir trip from my college. <gasps> oh, my and gosh. the director's daughter um, died about a week <gasps> later. And oh, my gosh. One of the choir members who I used to, who I roomed with during on the trip, because we were on a trip to Germany to sing. We were doing a tour in Germany. And um, we roomed together during that entire trip. And he w- kept going back in the plane to help people get out. And he died of smoke inhalation. He just sat down. <gasps> He just sat down in one of the seats, but anyway. So I got a. I got a. Wait, good, he went on the plane like I'm gonna. I'm gonna sit down right here. Yeah. Well, they said you get confused when you inhale mm-hmm. too much smoke, okay. and you get tired and confused. And he sat down and just suffocated, basically, from all the smoke. Oh my gosh! And, this is uh, horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. So I had gotten that was right before. Are I Are you afraid that. to fly now? Well, obviously not. But did it make you afraid to fly for a while? It did. Um, but I never stopped because I love to travel. So I just were kinda, you scared? Like what, what were you, what were your emotions when this was happening? I don't remember a lot from the actual thing. I mean, this, this what's is the a, last thing you remember? Um, I remember thinking um, that. Well, see, this is the weird thing. I we originally were going to go to China for this choir trip. Mm-hmm. And because this at, at some this was, I think, when we accidentally bombed a Chinese embassy or something. Mm-hmm. And so the U.S. didn't have um, really good relations with China at that point. And yeah. so they said they should have hey, sent Mike Lawson over there. Uh, right. And they said, uh, you know, we don't think it's a good time for you to do this tour in China. And one of the members of my choir, her parents were missionaries in Germany. So we switched our tour for Germany. And I had this premonition that something bad was going to happen on the trip. And I actually thought, I think we're going to have a plane crash. And I'm not kidding you. I really had that thought. And I was so worried. Like Do you think when trip, that Satanist put that spell on you, oh, maybe, maybe it was like to have forethought, maybe. like foresight? So I made you prescient. Maybe. So literally, and I just kind of attributed it to the fact that I was so worried about the China thing. And if we'd have gone to China and would we have had people throwing things at us and trying to kill us or whatever. So then when they switched it, I was really stressed, you know, and I, maybe I just made my brain just decided I was going to have a plane crash. Anyway, the last thought I had before, because it got really turbulent and the, the, the pilot came on and said, we're going to have to land. 
the opposite direction than we thought we were going to land because there's this big storm and we can't see um, from the way that we're going. So we're going to turn around and come in from the opposite way. And it was really bumpy. And the last thing I remember thinking was, oh, my God, we are I'm right. We are going to crash. And then, you know, that's the last thing you remember. I mean, I remember I don't remember what I was thinking. I remember a lot more. We landed. But people crying. I don't remember that. I I don't remember. Do you remember climbing out of the plane? Yeah. But I I think I think you get kind of tunnel vision when you go through something like that. So literally, I know what I was doing, but I have no knowledge of like whether people were screaming or crying. Did you grab your trumpet? No, my I don't even I think my trump I I did have a trumpet with me because I was playing in one of the songs that we were singing, but I think it was underneath. um, So I couldn't grab it. But no, I didn't grab anything. Um, uh, The first thing I want to tell you about a plane crash is when they tell you to follow those lights to the nearest exit. If you really crash, those lights do not work anymore because it mm-hmm. severs the electricity. I mean, you know, if, if things in the plane break apart. Did the pilot live? No. <gasps> so, um, so anyway, I jumped out like 15 feet down, um, ended up breaking the rib of the guy that went before me because I didn't wait long enough for him to get out of the way. And um, he, he cushioned my fall nicely, though. Um, and I, I just remember we landed. We It was very wet. And, and so, and we were going really fast, like however fast a plane's going in the air, that's how fast we were still going on the runway and they couldn't get the plane to stop. So we like veered off into the grass and it got really bumpy and then we veered back on and we're still not slowing down at all. And the, the plane is kind of, you, you know what it feels like to hydroplane in a car? Um, no. Well, when you hydroplane in a car, you know, it's wet and your car kind of skips over the water. Mm-hmm. And then we went off the end of the runway and it was just really bumpy at that point. And then things were falling on my head and, you know, the, the luggage stuff kind of fell down on top of us. And, uh, and then I, I remember climbing out, but anyway, so now, I had were, 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 was personnel on, on grass, were they already there waiting for you guys or like how long before no, people actually showed could, up? They could not find us. It was the strangest <gasps> thing. We so, were, we were literally. At the airport, we were in a field next to the airport, and I bet you it took them forty-five minutes to an hour to find where we were and get. So, what were you guys talking about? What were you? What was going on? Oh, that's, so, you guys were standing there for forty-five minutes. Well, I don't know what we were talking about. I know I went up, and one of my friends who had been on the plane, she comes over and she's screaming and crying and stuff, and her skin on her arms is literally dripping off of her, <gasps> Ugh. because she had gotten burned and. I had these. Were you like, uh, this is really awkward, but your skin's kind of melting off you? No, it was really traumatic. I people weren't really talking; they were crying. And were you you crying? I'm sure I was. I don't remember, but I was. uh, There were two little girls that were on the plane, and they were flying without adults. So at one point, someone said, "Hey, would you watch them?" So I was watching these two little girls, um, and there was hay in this field, so we sat next to a big hay bale. And we're trying to cover ourselves because it was hailing um, as well. And I think oh it took God. about an hour for the buses to get there. How? Look, here's the deal. How are you not believing in this Satan guy that he put a spell? I mean, this is horrible. I, well, I don't think he re- – he has told me later that he doesn't 
He's not a Satanist. He doesn't believe in any of that stuff. He was literally Adam, doing that to a freak me out. Satanist puts a curse and a spell on you, and you in a plane crash. But then I got lots it of money a, in a hailstorm. It was, and they couldn't find you for forty five minutes, and a girl talked to you. Exactly. Yeah, that was the mo- that was the worst part. That well, was the worst part. That, and you and you left your trumpet there. Trumpy. That and the fact that her skin was melting off. Oh my God, Joe! Though I'm going to tell you right now, the worst part of that whole experience—they made you eat airline food. No, she got so much more money than me. Oh yeah, so much more money than me. I mean, let me tell you, I got maybe a hundred. You don't. You don't. What? I got maybe a hundred fifty thousand dollars. <gasps> oh my God! This girl that in Arkansas—that's like ten million dollars. Whatever. This girl, I was driving down the road listening to the radio like a year later, and they mm-hmm. came on the radio because it took her a long time to settle with them, and she got $11 million. Mm-hmm. I was like, burn me for some freaking $11 million. I'll go back. Don't, don't say this, man. You've already said you want to have sex with Jesus and that you love Satan. And this is on a podcast. Jesus will listen to this podcast. Do not do this. He's a listener, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus is a big listener. He left, but he left a, a, a four-star review, not a five-star review. <laughs> John, like I said, and like as Mike and I predicted, we've gone <laughs> almost double. Over. Yeah. yeah. We planned for 30 minutes. So I'll be honest with you. I'll probably edit it down. I don't know if the audience wants to hear Yeah, you have any final thought? Now, let me ask you this, John. This is an important question. You've met Mike Lawson. You uh, hung out. This this was 25 pages? Holy shit. Um, You've met Mike several times. When you met Mike... Yeah. Was it like meeting the celebrity (laughs) when you met him? (laughs) No. Good. Thank you. (laughs) You're so dumb. (laughs) I don't even really get the joke anymore. Well, no, no, I get that. I, I get it. When you go to these diabetes conferences, oh. remember, your, your social media <laughs> coverage is so intense. Not anymore. Now, well, right. maybe. But yeah. I occasionally look at your Facebook, and you still get a lot of hits from people that are you're no longer closely don't, associated don't with. Don't get Joe started. I get um, so, John, it was really nice having you come on. That was very nice of you to volunteer your time to listen to all that again. Um, and take and to notes? come on and to write notes like the way you did. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, you're the first uh, person that we are having on that did this. So thank My you. My pleasure. High bar. My pleasure. Yeah, thank you for doing <laughs> it's it. It's going to be and, obvious uh, how how much the other people care. I uh, love too that John John did this and still managed to get over his ten thousand steps every day. Yeah. <laughs> Although I missed this week because of the rain, I missed a couple of days. So. He only had like. 8,000 steps. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm going to look at my number of steps today. I'm not even being funny. I'm going to literally look at the number of steps on my phone. I'm going to look at it right now. Hold, please. Today I have... Mike, do you want to take a get? In fact, I'm even impressed it's this high of a number. Uh, 8,000. Okay, Mike? Because um, you're making a joke about it. It's 6,000. 563. 
Joe. Well, here's part of the reason. I've been home all day. My phone just sits on my desk. So I'm walking around. I'm just not carrying my phone with me. So that's why I think it's funny. That's why I think it's funny it's that high. It's usually my phone is just charging on my desk. So I must Mine doesn't show. Oh, yeah. Mine is. Oh, mine's not a lot at all. Mine's 3,188. Yeah. So and like, I keep my phone on me all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, my phone just is my desk. I just think it's so funny. Um, all right. You know what, John? So because, I did. Go ahead. 16,369 today. <sighs> <laughs> but it was a light day. <laughs> no, yesterday I could only get 7,000 in. And on Monday when it was raining so hard, I only got 2,900 in. So I'm behind. <laughs> I don't get it. All right. Well, John, it was very nice catching up with you. We'll let you have the honors. Well, it was great catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Contact Mike and Joe and listen to all of their old episodes at catchinguppodcast.com. Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and on Twitter at cupodcast. Follow Mike Lawson on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Mike Lawson. And follow Joe Batance on Twitter and Instagram at Joe Batance. The theme song was written and performed by Rich Green, and the closing music was arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. I'm your Auntie Vera Charles saying farewell until the next time Mike and Joe call one another and catch up. It's what they do every single week. Without fail, they never miss a week. <laughs>